You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. And incidentally, that's also the name of this first episode. Have you ever wondered why some people excel in life no matter what they try, while others struggle all their lives? Sure, some of it can be explained by intelligence, personality factors, and opportunities, but that's not all. So much of it has to do with the choices we make. And there's lots of other things involved too, such as, do you have the information you need about what to do? Do you understand how to do it? Do you have an environment that supports what you're trying to accomplish? Do you have the motivation you need to see it through? Are your priorities in line with making happen what you want? Do you have a commitment? And do you have a system of accountability for when you're not feeling so strong? Obviously, not everybody is created equal and our priorities will be different. But basically, our lives are the sum total of the things that have either happened to us or that we've created. When things have happened to us, we always have the choices we make to respond to those things. And that is what ends up creating our lives. We are not the things that have happened to us, although they have certainly influenced us. We don't become those things. We don't get defined by those things unless you choose to be. One of the things that's going to be important with this podcast is that when you listen, you're thinking about yourself and not making comparisons with someone else. The other thing I'd like to persuade you to do is to not think about other people in terms of the information I'm sharing is for someone else in your life. A lot of times when we're thinking about, oh, this would be so good for so-and-so to hear, or this person needs to hear this, I want them to listen to this podcast. What's really happening is we are not taking responsibility for our own life and we're trying to take responsibility for someone else's. I'm not saying that I don't want you to share my podcasts with people that you think would enjoy them. That would be foolish. Of course I do. However, if you are thinking that this information is for someone else and doesn't apply to you, you may want to look in the mirror and do a little soul searching. A lot of times in my life when I've heard a message and I was so sure it was for someone else in my life, I later came to understand it really was for me. So one of the most important things in life equals choices and choices equal life is the understanding that we are responsible, radically responsible for the choices that we make. Every single thing we do, we do because we want to. I know there's going to be things that you tell me you do that you don't want to do, but I'm going to answer back that I believe you want to do them because if you didn't, you wouldn't do them. What are some things that people tell me that they do that they don't like to do? Well, I didn't say you'd like to do everything. What are some of the things that people think they have to do that they don't necessarily want to do? Well, I've heard people say that they don't want to pay their bills. But I say you do want to pay your bills because the consequences of not paying your bills are something that you really don't want. So you get in touch with the reason why you do pay your bills. I don't know about you, but I pay my bills because I like to have a good credit score. I also pay my bills because, let's face it, I live in Chicago and I like to have heat in the wintertime and I like to have lights on past 4.30 in the afternoon in the middle of the winter. So... I want to pay my bills because I want the things that paying my bills gives me. Some people have told me they don't want to go to work. And I say, yes, you do want to go to work because work is the thing that gets you the money that helps you do the things that you want most in your life. 
Every time we think that we're doing things because we have to, we're robbing ourselves from the experience of recognizing why we really are doing it. And I think that that's important. Let's look at some of the options that we have. I wanted to mention, sometimes we think that we're doing things for other people, right? I don't necessarily want to go to my neighbor's house and pick them up and take them to the grocery store, but I do it. Why do I do that? Do I do it for my neighbor? Of course, everybody thinks that's why they're doing it. You're doing it for someone else. But the reality is, from my perspective, that you're actually doing it for yourself. Now, how can that be if you're a little bit resentful of having to do it? Well, you're doing it for yourself because you have a picture of who you are as an individual. And that picture is pretty lofty. You think of yourself pretty highly. Most of us do. You're a kind person. You're a loving person. You're a caring person. And all of those things come together to create a person in you that wants to do generous things for other people. It's not because somebody really needs you. It's because you want to be seen as that person that you think you are in your quality world. Now, quality world is a term that Bill Glasser introduced in Choice Theory, and he's talking about how in all of us, we have this place where we imagine the world exactly the way we want it to be. We spend most of our time in life trying to get the things that we have placed in our quality worlds. So one of the things we put in our quality world is a picture of ourself. And that picture of ourself is the best version of ourselves. We don't put mediocre pictures in our quality world. Our quality world is always the best. Now, we don't always measure up to the quality world, but we have an aspiration to be that person. We want to be the best at whatever we are doing. We want to be the best version of ourselves. So when we do something for other people, we're not actually doing it for them. We're doing it for ourselves. Sure, the other person benefits and it's a nice thing to do, but you're really doing it for you. So let's stop pretending that we're doing things for other people when in fact it's helping us more than it's helping them. Let's think about some of these choices. We make so many choices in a day and every single choice we make has consequences. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, and some of them are just so-so. But don't be surprised when the consequences come. Some examples, if you eat junk, you're going to get fat and be unhealthy. If you study hard, you're going to get good grades. If you treat people kindly, they'll probably like you. If you treat people poorly, they probably won't. If you drink and drive, you could injure yourself or someone else. If you take a promotion at work, there'll likely be less freedom but more money. Choices equal life, and your life equals your choices. The challenge is taking responsibility for the choices we make. This is not an easy thing to do. It's easy when things are going the way that we want. It's easy to take responsibility for life turning out the way you want it to. In fact, a lot of times we want to take responsibility for things that we had nothing to do with. We didn't create them, but we'll take the credit because the outcome was something that we wanted. However, when the outcome isn't what we want, when those things happen to us that we didn't ask for, when the consequences of the things that we do turn out bad or go against the things that we really want, how do we show up then? So I've been thinking about this and I'm thinking that there's two 
basic outcomes. Of course, they're along a continuum. So there's more than just these two. But if we look at the outer ends of the continuum, there's things in our lives that we feel happy about and there's things that we feel unhappy about. And the other factor is whether or not we controlled what happened. So I know that I'm in control of only one thing in my life. I can control one thing and that's myself. I can control what I do and I can pretty much control what I think. There's only one thing in life I know I can control. I control myself. I pretty much control everything I do and everything I think. Now that's not to say that on occasion there's thoughts that come to my mind that I don't necessarily want to be thinking about. That happens to all of us. But when they do, I can quickly change my thoughts to something that I would rather be thinking. I don't need to be stuck in that negative pattern of thinking of things that I don't really want to be thinking about. I can directly control what I do and I can directly control what I think. This is something I learned from Dr. Glasser in Choice Theory and I use that every day in my life. There are some other things that I don't get to directly control and that's how I feel about things and how my body is responding. I know that if I go outside and I take a run, I'm going to sweat and my heart rate's going to increase. I don't know how to make that happen if I'm just sitting around my house reading a book. So the only way to change what's happening in your body is to change what you're doing or change what you're thinking. And the same is true about our emotions and our feelings. We don't get to control the way we feel about things directly. If we could, then as a counselor, I could just tell all the depressed people in the world to just cheer up and everything will be fine. It's not that easy. We don't get to just direct our emotions to be what we want, but we certainly can influence them by thinking differently or doing something different. I often become aware that I'm not happy about something based on how I feel. I call these negative emotions, even though there's nothing inherently negative about any emotion, but they are emotions that are painful that I don't necessarily want to be experiencing. I don't enjoy being sad. I don't enjoy being angry or frustrated or bored or resentful or jealous or any other emotion that I don't necessarily like. Anytime that happens to me, it's a sign something is happening that I'm unhappy about. When that happens, I have some choices. If whatever is happening is something I'm responsible for, and when I say responsible, it means that I made it happen or I influenced it to happen, then I need to step up and take responsibility for the outcome. So I may be unhappy about it, but if I'm responsible and I recognize that I created this, then I can move forward by taking responsibility, finding the lesson to learn in the situation, and moving forward with my new knowledge and being able to make better choices in the future. So if I made something happen and the result isn't necessarily what I wanted, I now have new information to move forward. Remember the things that we need to have to make good decisions. We need to have information about what to do. So now I have more information. And maybe I even learned how to do something based on something that happened that I wasn't happy about. If I'm unhappy and I didn't control what happened, let's say there was a fire that burned my house to the ground. If I didn't start the fire or somehow 
was careless and caused the fire to happen, then it's not my responsibility. Something happened. Maybe it was an act of God. Maybe it was a fire started by someone else. But at any rate, if something happened that I didn't create and I'm unhappy about it, basically have two choices. I can be miserable about it or I can look at the situation and try to find something that I can appreciate about it. Now, I know that may sound crazy. And in the work that I do in diversity, I talk about the appreciation staircase. In the late 60s and early 70s, there was an organization talking about diversity and their tagline was something about tolerating difference. I don't know what your visceral response to the word tolerating is, but mine is not very good. If someone said to me, well, Kim, I don't like you, but I'll tolerate you, that just doesn't feel good to me. I don't think there's anybody that actually wants to be tolerated or that thinks that that's a good thing. Imagine tolerating is better than being in conflict with. I don't want you trying to change me, manipulating me, frustrating me and all of that. So it's possible that tolerance may be better than a person trying to change you. But nobody feels good at the level of being tolerated. That just doesn't even sound right. Then we started to talk about accepting difference. Well, accepting difference is a great thing. It's a step on the path to what I'm calling appreciation. What we talk about now is appreciating difference and celebrating difference. Actually, we say more about inclusion than just difference. We talk about inclusion. It's like being invited to the dance is acceptance and being asked to dance is inclusion. When something happens to us that we really don't like, that we had no control over, we could be miserable about it or we could find a way to appreciate it. And we may have to start with tolerance. We may have to start in that place. First, there may be the devastation and then tolerance. And maybe the next step is acceptance. But the thing that I really want to challenge people to do is get to the place of appreciation. And appreciation comes from a place of recognizing that every negative thing that's ever happened has equal positive attached to it. This comes from a concept I learned from John Martini in his book, Breakthrough Experience. He talked about the periodic table of elements and how every element in our naturally occurring world has equal protons and electrons. If that's true, and you want to extrapolate that concept to the events in our lives, then you could say that every single thing that's happened to us negatively also has positive value to it. The same amount, actually, as the negativity. Why do we only notice the negativity? It's because our brains are hardwired for negativity. We are supposed to notice when things aren't right. That's what kept us safe in past generations. When our minds go to a negative place, we can recognize, ooh, I'm in that negative place. Maybe it's time to stop focusing on the negative and go on a hard target search for what's positive in this situation. And I frame it up as four possible things. I call it the glow. You're looking for gifts, lessons, opportunities, and wisdom. So the one thing that's easy to find is opportunity. I think that that's easy because anytime you go through something and survive it, you have an opportunity to help others going through similar things. Whether or not you take that opportunity is one of those choices that will influence your life. 
You don't have to take it, but it's there whether you take it or not. Use your choices and decide what do you want to do with that. Are there gifts involved? Did you learn something? How are you smarter than you were before you encountered this situation? What did you learn? That's lessons and wisdom. When you take the time to look for the glow, you can usually find it. Now, you may not be able to balance your scales completely on the first pass. The pain almost always outweighs the positivity initially. But if you take the time to really search for it, you will be able to find that proper balance between pain, glow, and when you do, you will no longer be held hostage by those painful situations that have happened. You'll be able to recognize what good lies in the pain and be able to move forward. And that's what you want to do. If things happen that you're unhappy about, that you're not in control of, you can move from misery to appreciation, or even better yet, you can start at appreciation. That would be awesome. What about the things that happen that we're happy about? Because those things happen as well. If you're happy and you were responsible, there's two possible responses to that. If you made something happen that you feel really good about, you may feel some pride around that. You may want to take that credit, be responsible, and tell the world that you did something awesome and you feel really good about it. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you are not trying to make other people feel bad and all you're doing is sharing your excitement and your responsibility for this thing that happened in your life. When things happen that we didn't control, that we didn't make happen, and we're happy about them nonetheless, we have two possible outcomes. We might try to take credit for that and say, oh yeah, I did that, and make ourselves look bigger than we actually are, or more important than we really are. Because it's hard for you to just sit back and accept that something good could happen that you didn't make happen. All of these options are choices that we make. And these are the choices that we'll be talking about some more in Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. I hope you'll come back and join me next week when we're going to talk about not just goal setting, but actually goal attainment. I have a seven-step system that will help you make sure you not only set goals in 2020, but you actually accomplish them. So please come back and see what that's all about. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.